listening to Sunday Sermons from Warren Community Church. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit warrencommunitychurch.org. Today we want to continue our study in man's rebellion and God's righteousness. The book of Romans, as we have determined as uh, pastors and staff to move forward for the next many weeks uh, to uh, carry you through that, and it's basically a discipleship of our whole entire church, because in the book of Romans, as we've said, it's the Magna Carta of the Christian faith, uh, it's the constitution of Christianity, it's the theodicy of Paul, it, is, it has six major divisions. Uh, the first major division is God's righteousness and, and man's rebellion, and so we're about halfway through that process, and we're looking forward to all God is going to do in teaching us. But I promise you, you will have a firm grasp of the, of the gospel message and of your walk with Christ if you will go with us through this. Also, be sure you get one of the uh, outlines uh, in it. It has uh, as well a devotional for every day uh, this week, uh, five devotionals for you to do in seven days. Uh, it'll carry you through more in depth. Uh, about each one of the uh, sermons that we do. So this week will carry you more in depth into what we're going to talk about today. Today would take me literally six months to be able to explain everything that we have in Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 27. And here's the question. Are the heathen lost? Now here's a better way of asking that because the word heathen today doesn't come across uh, like it would have in biblical times. But a heathen was just considered someone who had rejected the gospel or rejected the idea that there is a one and only true God. So if you in any way, and particularly in biblical sense, uh, is anyone that was, not a, uh, that was not a Jew. So we Gentiles were considered heathen. In fact, I still think most of us are, amen. But here's the question, here's a better way to ask the question. What about those who have never heard about Jesus Christ? Will God send them to hell because they have not accepted a Jesus about whom they have never heard? Now, I want you to look with me in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 18 through 27. I want to read through this because it's powerful. It will speak for itself, literally. Beginning in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Now what is now? The wrath of God. We don't hear a lot about God's wrath. We don't like that message. Well, let me say to you today, we would never have ever have known the love of God until the wrath of God had been poured out on his son. That is the perfect picture of the wrath of God. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be called the righteousness of God in him. And God, the, the scripture says that God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And so we see the wrath of God poured out. The soul that sinneth it shall surely what? Die. The wages of sin is death. And the Bible talks about how that the wrath of God poured out upon all mankind. But Jesus Christ bore God's wrath for you and for me. And because of that, we know the love of God. 
And that's the only way we can understand the true love of God is to understand why his wrath was poured out. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against what? All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It's not that they don't know the truth. They suppress it. Because what may be known of God, listen to this now, here's the key. Because what may be known of God, God has revealed himself, listen to this, is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made or his creation, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without, say it with me, excuse. The invisible God is seen through his visible creation. He has put it in the heart and conscience of every human being. In fact, the book of Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in every person's heart. Now, how, does, how is that proven? Listen, verse 21. Because although they knew God, what now? What about the heathen? Did they not know God? No, the Bible says because they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. When you reject the light and the revelation of who God is, your light is out and you're in darkness. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Now you and I are told we're not supposed to call somebody a fool, but God can do it. And here he is saying to those who reject who he is and his revelation to us, not only has he revealed us in the natural, himself to us in the natural world through his creation, but he completed that revelation in the person of Jesus Christ. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Therefore, always look what that therefore is, therefore, because God has revealed himself, because God has shown himself, he has, he has to every man's heart, placed in every man's heart, the revelation of what is right and what is wrong. And men have suppressed that truth, refused to obey that truth, refused to see God as who he is, therefore, what did God do? He gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. How is it displayed? How is their rebellion against God displayed? Look at it. Let's see. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed paul just had to throw that in there who is blessed forever amen for this reason what reason 
Just what we read. For this reason, what? God gave them up to vile passions. What are those vile passions? Let's just see. What does the word of God say? For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. In other words, how God created man and woman and the purpose of procreation and the whole idea of what it means to be a family. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, what happens? They burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. I want to stop there. And I just want to interject something here. My entire life for, since 1976 has been committed to sharing the message of the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ for anyone and everyone, no matter where they've been or what they have done or how they have done it or who they did it to. Why? Because, as Matthew preached last week, it is the power of the gospel that changed this drunken's life and changed his heart and took him from the bar stool to the pulpit. Now, does that mean that I'm some kind of special person? No. Every day I'm reminded of just how sorry I am. And how much I need God's grace. This is not a message of judgment upon people's heart. It is an explanation of what happens when man deliberately turns his back and his heart on God's plan. There is nothing left but idolatry and immorality. But what about those here? You say, well, what about that tribe over in, in New Guinea somewhere that's never even heard the name of Jesus? Well, I hope that today you will see that the word of God says that, that God has revealed himself to them. How? Through his natural creation? Is the natural creation enough to save you? No, only Jesus can save you. But if you reject the natural creation, you can go to any tribe, any, any place, anywhere in the world, and you will find in the heart of every man that there is a conscious idea of what is right and what is wrong. And if they don't know the true and living God, they will make up their own God because they have got to worship God.
It's in their hearts. But if they reject the light that God gives, God has no obligation to give them more light. I can see there's no way I'm going to get through this. Romans 1.17 says, how, how did God do this? For in it, what? We, start, we see the righteousness of God is gained before God in only one way. The only way that you and I can be righteous, anyone can be righteous, is found in one way. Romans 1.17. For in it, what? The gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 3.21 tells us as well that God has revealed himself to us. Well, Romans 1, 18 through 32 tells us that the heathen are guilty. Romans 2, 1 through 16 says the hypocrites are guilty. Number three, the Hebrews are guilty. And then finally, Paul just sums it all up in one statement and he says this, oh, by the way, just all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us are guilty. So we're going to look today at the case that God makes against those who refuse to believe. Not that they have not ever seen or, or somehow God has not ever revealed himself to them because he has. The righteousness of God is revealed in verse 17. The wrath of God is revealed in verse 18. So the heathen are lost because of their, their revelation of God. Let's look uh, at, at uh, two or three of these things. God's revelation of himself and conscience. We've already talked about that a little bit. So I just wanted to mention to you, verse 19 tells us that the heart of every man has the knowledge of right and wrong. Who put it there? God put it there. As a means to draw people to him. Even the heathen or pagan man has an inner witness that speaks of the source of right and wrong. This is in every man, every man that's ever been born. There is a God-shaped vacuum that can only be filled in a relationship with the Creator, and God has revealed Himself to all through His creation. There's a sense of oughtness, a sense of being that comes. I was just a little... <laughs> ambivalent in my feelings as I was watching some of the things transpiring on TV where this group of folks have uh, put together a country inside of a country. You know one of the first things they did? Build a wall. <laughs> I didn't think liberals like walls. You know the second thing they did? had their own police force. <laughs> I thought they were against all police. That guy's walking around with AKs and ARs. <laughs> it's amazing what people will do and how foolish they look when they say they, they threw off the bands and they reject the things of God, reject all of that. But God has revealed himself in our conscience. Why do they do those things? Why did they build a wall? Why did they have, feel like they had to have a sense of protection? Because in their conscience, they know the difference between right and wrong. They're just being ignorant and not playing and living it out. 
My personal opinion, thank you. How did they gain the knowledge? God gave it to them. Then God's revelation of himself in creation. Paul continues in verses 19 and 20 to say that God has revealed himself in creation as well as in the conscious of every man. Nowhere in scripture is this presented more beautifully than in Psalm 19, where David says this, the heavens declare and speak forth the glory of God. We see the same thing in Psalm 8, Isaiah 40. But here's a kind of a summation of this, this first idea of why are the heathen lost? Or why will they be judged? Here's a kind of a summation of it. Those who reject Christ, as it's called here, heathen, will not be judged by rejecting Jesus Christ of whom they have not heard, but they will be responsible for the revelation he has presented in his conscience and in God's creation. And the charge brought against the heathen will stand because he has rejected the revelation that God has given to him. Psalm 14, 1 says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now in the Hebrew, it literally says this, the fool, the Nabal, the fool has said in his heart, no God. Now, in most of our English versions, the, the two words there is are in italics because what that tells you is that those who translated that put that in there for what they would call clarification. I don't think it clarifies it. I think it muddies it personally because the, 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 the literal Hebrew says it like this. The fool has said in his heart, no God. It's not that that person doesn't know that there is a God because the Bible we just read in Romans 1, 18 and following that every person that's ever been born knows that there's a God through creation and through conscience. But here's the thing. They refuse to see him and to acknowledge him and to bow before him. So it's like this. You're sitting at your, at your table and you're having supper and uh, the, somebody passes you some, some um, broccoli and you say, hmm, no broccoli. <laughs> now, I personally like broccoli. Well, you could fill in the blank anything you would want to say. It's not that you don't know that it's there. It's not that you don't know that it's good for you. It's not that you don't know uh, that, you know, the, that everybody who who has any sense to eat broccoli? It's good for you. It's just that you say, no broccoli for me. And that's what Romans 1 here is saying about the heathen as the term is used. It's not that they don't know God. It's not that they don't know that there is a God because Either the word of God is a liar or they are a liar. They cannot say that God has not revealed himself because the word of God says he revealed himself through creation and through his conscience in the heart of every man. But what they do is that when they, when they know God, they refuse to acknowledge him and to glorify him. The chief 
end of man is to glorify God and to love him forever. The heathen are lost secondly because of their rejection of God. Man has rejected God through irreligion. And what do I mean by that? Man has removed God from his thinking. And when he does, he becomes consciously irreligious. Now, when you want to negate a word, we have what we call in our English language, the alpha privative. In other words, you put a, a prefix on the end of it, like we would say something uh, to negate a word, like the word legal. If we want to say something that is not legal, we'd call it what? Illegal. So it's the same thing here. Religious idea here is people who acknowledge who God is and glorify him with their lives as, as best as they possibly can. So the irreligious are those who absolutely reject the idea of God and consciously and willingly reject it. And so Paul says that they're lost through irreligion. Man has rejected God through ingratitude. How sharper than a serpent's tooth is an ungrateful child. How many parents can say amen? Now that's a quote from Shakespeare, it's not from the Bible. But it ought to be in the Bible, I think. The truth of it is, an ungrateful child will destroy the heart of a parent. Notice what it says in verse 21, nor were they thankful. I don't love anything that can destroy a parent's heart more than a child that is not thankful. I look in our world today and I see so many people are not thankful. Yeah, we've got a world of problems. You know why? Because we've got a world of people and people bring problems. But can you imagine, listen, I have been able, had the privilege to travel all, literally all over this world. And I want to tell you, there is no place like the United States of America. I would challenge some of these individuals that think this country is horrible to get on the plane and go to some of the places where I've been and just see. But they were ungrateful. We have a world full of ungrateful people. The Bible talks about in Acts 14, it says they're filling their hearts, that God had filled their hearts with food and with gladness, but yet they were ungrateful. Man has rejected God through intellectualism. What did it say? Making themselves wise in their own eyes, they became what? Fools. Let me tell you something. Education is, is great. You ought to get all you can. I mean, it, it, it just expands your thought and your parameters and your whole idea, your worldview, especially, you know, get all you can, all the understanding you can about God and study Him. I promise you, you'll never run out of something fascinating to study. 
But all the PhDs in the world and all the THDs and all the D-men's and everything else, all, all, all of the theologies and all of the, all of the, the, the disciplines of education, none of those will get you to God. I'm grateful that the gospel message is for an ignorant Fayette County boy, just as well as it is for a sharp thousand dollar dress suit Philadelphia lawyer. The gospel message is the same. It's the same for a little child as it is for someone in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. The message is no respecter of person. It is the same message. So it's not our intellect. Verse 21 says their thoughts. The Greek word here is where we get our word dialogue from. And, and dialogue means, you know, two people talking. It means to reason. And here Paul is reasoning and he's showing logically why and how and who God is and how he's revealed and how man has rejected him. When man rejects and suppresses the knowledge of God, he has nothing left but his own reason. Reason will do nothing but misdirect you. But the best man can do in his own unaided intellect, all, the man, all any man can do in his own intellect is simply to do this, to rearrange error. An error-filled dialogue does not lead to truth. When a man's foolish heart is darkened, his heart becomes blinded to the truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Look at that verse. Man's heart becomes blinded to the truth. Then man has rejected God through ignorance. In that verse there, it talks about why, uh, proclaiming themselves to be wise. It's the word Sophia. We get our word philosopher philosophical philosophy from that word. We also get the word sophisticated from that word Sophia. You see, a sophisticated person is someone who's supposed to be worldly wise. So here's what Paul is saying. He's saying that the heathen men professed themselves to be sophisticated and they became fools. And the word for fool here is the word where we get our English word moron from. So in this context, the word does not mean one who is mentally deficient. In other words, they have intellectual acumen. But they are allowing their intellectual acumen and their own reason to block out the truth of God. It describes someone who has had the opportunity to receive the truth about God and has deliberately rejected it. And that's what the meaning of Psalm 14, 1 says when it says the fool is said in his heart, there is no God or no God for me. Man has rejected God through idolatry. Verse 23. You see, if you reject God and there is in every heart of every individual that's ever been created a desire to worship, you're going to create something for you to worship. But notice 
the downward degradation that takes place here. And Paul describes it. He first of all creates an idol. And then there's a, a steady progression in idolatry. First, it says that they worship the image of man. Then they worship the image of birds. Then they worship the image of quadrupeds, four-footed beasts. And then ultimately reptiles. And then ultimately creeping things, crawling things. Does that sound familiar to you? What about Darwinianism? They started with creeping things. And then now it is turned to humanistic Marxism, socialism, relativism, all those isms that makes you, you stay all of you, just kind of makes you want to take a shower or something. And here's the problem. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 106 what happened is that it describes the, the devastating result of idolatry among God's people. It says they mingled with the Gentiles and learned their works. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. Be careful who you hang out with and who you listen to. If you're listening to the Communist News Network, better known as CNN, if you listen to the trash that's on there, you will come away not only feeling like you need a shower, but you will come away with a perverted view of who and what this great country is. And we've got our problems, there's no doubt. We, we've got to fix some things. But then man has rejected God through immorality. See, that follows. Idolatry and immorality go together. And man, I wish I had a lot of time. I could spend a lot of time there. But man has rejected God through inversion. That is, as we saw here in verse 26, he talks about the natural use of the woman, the natural oh, response and relationship of men to men. In the New Testament here, we see that the sins, now listen to me when I say these things. I am, I am not condemning a person. I am just trying to explain to them where they are and how much God loves them and where they need to be. The sins of lesbianism and homosexuality are right here in this text. And how does someone get there? By rejecting the revelation of God and his plan for his creation when he created man and woman. They have rejected that design. So what happens when you reject that design? The key word in verses 26 and 27 is the word natural. Homosexuality, 
and lesbianism is not natural. It is probably the most and greatest expression of something that is unnatural. And Paul says here that even their women, he's surprised, he says, because uh, here's the inference, that the women are the last ones to give in to some type of bad immoral issue. And he's just blown away. He says, he says I can understand these, these idiot men. Right, right, ladies? I can understand these idiot men doing crazy, stupid things, but even the women are doing it. He first talks about the degradation of females among the heathen, and then, as always, the last to be affected in, in the decay of morality, and their corruption is therefore proof that all virtue is lost. And then the unnatural sins of man. While we don't know exactly what Paul meant when he talks about unnatural, I think we have a good idea. But Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Whatever a man sows, he also will reap. You look at our world today and see what's being has, uh, has been uh, reaped from this type of action. The more perverse the act of sowing, the more perverse the consequences reaped. But I want to close with, with this, and this is, this is the message. It's not a message of condemnation. It's a message, I pray, of hope and clarity. There is no sin, no consequence, including the sin of homosexuality. And yes, I don't care what the government says. I don't care what... Oh, 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 the Academy of, of Medical and things, all that say, homosexuality is sinful, immoral behavior. It is a rejection of God and God's design. But there is no sin, no consequence, including that sin, beyond God's grace and forgiveness. God stands ready to forgive even that which is against him. And here we see that the scripture tells us his wrath has revealed it. The first thing we need to learn is because all have sinned, only the grace of God keeps us from being included in Romans chapter 1. There's not a single person in this room or any who are watching that if they had not turned their hearts and lives to God's plan and God's purpose, we could be listed right here in Romans chapter 1. Bishop Handley Mole said it this way, It is just when a man is nearest God for himself that he sees what but for God he would be. I know what I would be. 
I know what I am. I just thank God that he loved me enough to call me to himself. And the second lesson I think we learn from this is the antithesis to sin in Romans 1 is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the only power that can change a heart that has been blackened and darkened and brought into degradation in rejecting the revelation of God and refusing to listen to his own conscience. Why are the heathen lost? Because God has revealed himself. And they said, no God. Now, we close our service today, and as our team comes for our last song, I want to just say to you, where, where are you? I'm not asking if you're perfect. I'm not asking if, you, uh, if you're living um, in a state of perfection or whatever. I'm asking you, do you realize that God loves you? He's revealed himself to you for one purpose, and that is so that you can know him. And when you come to know him, he will show you his will and his way. And if you're living in an immoral situation, whatever it may be, God loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave his life for you so that you could follow him and not follow your own reason and your own heart. You see, we, we're so good at making excuses for our sin. But what did God say? Therefore, man is what? Without, say it, excuse. It doesn't matter what. Dr. R.G. Lee said about an excuse, he defined it, he was a wordsmith. I mean, he, he could, when he described the warp uh, on the nose of Jezebel, I mean, you could literally see the hair growing out of that warp on her nose. But this is what he said about excuse. He said, it is a skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Now, if you want to live your life on that, that's your choice. But God has such a better plan. And we're not talking about being self-righteous today. I want to tell you, I know that without Jesus Christ, I am nothing. I'm not even worth the 93 cents of, of the chemicals I'm made out of. You know that's about all you're worth chemically? Your body's water and chemicals. And if you boil all those water out and get all the chemicals down, you're worth about 93 cents. Isn't that amazing? But you're worth so much that God sent his son to die for you. And in your sin, yes, even in my sin, he opens his arms and says, come. Come to Jesus. That's this message. Lord, thank you today for your 
challenge to us, revealing to us and showing us from your word how that, Lord, no one's lost because you throw them into hell. You will never throw anyone into hell. Man is lost because he rejects you and your revelation. And as John chapter 3 tells us, it's because we choose to unbelieve that we're condemned because we have refused to believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So Lord, today I pray as we close and those who are watching as well that if they never trusted you, today would be that day. Right now, open their heart, repent of their sin, and turn to you and say, Lord Jesus, I recognize today I'm lost without you, that you're the only Savior. And right now, I ask you to take my life. I acknowledge the light that you've given me. Now, Lord, show me more. Show me your, show me your will for my life. I want to live the rest of my days for you. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Sunday Sermons. If you want to learn more about us, visit warrencommunitychurch.org. 